Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast. I am your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest, Mr. Daniel Brown of Myriad at My Home Group. He is the CEO and co-founder of that group. And actually, if you do know your research and do know your uh, a little bit of our history, you know that his co-founder is Skylar Irvine. I have done episodes with Skylar on his podcast, and our friend Daniel has his own podcast called Danny Brown. Brown Talks Phoenix. I encourage you guys to go check out every piece of information that we have provided below in the links because they will help you kind of look and see what they have all to offer, not only on the real estate side, but for the podcast and much, much more. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you, but we have to get into a little bit of the business side. You can hear every episode of Finding Arizona podcast at our local place www.findingarizonapodcast.com. There you can see our newsletter and our blog. The newsletter will help you get a little bit more of the official side, our local lineup of uh, podcast episodes. And then on top of that, the local events that we are um, you know, curating for you in the newsletter. But the next up for the blog is a little bit more of the personal side. You'll get to see what Brittany and I do day in and day out to make this podcast come to life a little bit more of our personal life on our marriage and what's going on in our house. Uh, This week, we take you on the adventures of us trying to find Brittany a new vehicle. Yes, we have uh, provided a kind of like synopsis of how and what happened and why we went the way we went. And so if you do already know, we have posted up some uh, video of us in the car already. So we do have a 2018 Nissan Rogue. Yay! So shout out to CarMax over in Gilbert. We um, bought the car from them. So moving on, we are going to the local events and it's my favorite part of the intro. Um, so if you want to send us a local event and you want to highlight it and just get a little nice little shout out, you can send your shout outs over to finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com. It will be our little community corkboard is what I like to call it. So first up in our group is our friends over at Phoenix Flea. Yes, Phoenix Flea is doing their uh, doing their thing over in downtown Phoenix. That's 113 North 6th Street. And uh, there will be over 150 vendors and food trucks available. It's a $5 admission. I encourage you guys to go check this out. It's a modern market with handcrafted and curated vintage pieces to fire art, fashion, design, artisan food. It's, it's crazy. It gets bigger every year, I swear. But it's always so much fun. And I always love meeting everyone. We always try to do our little local um, live episode there. So we try and get in as many cool people. So if you have a vendor that you're predominantly wanting to hear from, please let us know so that we can try and highlight them for you. Next up is our dear new friends at Mezcal Carreño. They're celebrating their one year anniversary uh, over at, uh, I want to say this right, uh, Cent. Senrico. Um, that is 202 North Central Avenue, Phoenix, Arizona. And that's taking place February 21st from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. I encourage you guys to go check out the Facebook link. There are dear friends celebrating a finely crafted piece of liqueur. Um, the, ma- the This mezcal is so good that I encourage you guys to really, really take the time and opportunity to taste this. So shout out to those guys. Uh, Last but not least is our uh, one of my personal favorites because I always like to give back and this is a learning experience for everyone and I myself have um, actually done this cleanup. It's uh, feb- taking place February 22nd. It's Saturday, February 22nd from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Garden of Tomorrow. This is the Tiger Mountain Foundation service learning experience. So there you'll be able to service the gardens there. On top of that, they will give you some knowledge and tell you um, how certain things are prepped and everything there at the garden and it's a way for you to not only give but also get back and this is taking place at the garden of tomorrow that's 1823 east broadway road in phoenix arizona please sign up uh, go give back there'll be a d you know there'll be a dj there um and there will be so much fun for you guys to uh do and learn from so that is our community cork board i'm so excited to share with you this episode this is our episode Episode 225 with our new new friend Danny of Myriad at my home group. Let's get started. It turns out America has been missing out on the way the other half of the world enjoys their coffee. 
Over time, the coffee industry in the East have perfected advanced technologies for delivering the perfect cup of coffee absolutely anywhere. As long as you have a cup of hot water, you can make yourself the best coffee you've ever tasted within a few seconds. Find out more at CafeEmporos.com. What is it you do and why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that. And so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google, along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a combo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you. I like it. <laughs> Let's get into it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I am your host, Jose. As always, we bring in someone very special every week, and today is no different. This gentleman has been 12 years in the business of realtor. Um, he's also a CEO of Myriad at My Home Group, and I would like to also introduce him as a podcast host of Danny Brown Talks to Phoenix. So, ladies and gentlemen, on the mic, Danny Brown. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Jose. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I always say that there's nothing more fun than a podcast with two podcasters. So it's going to be a fun time for me just because I know it's going to be a back and forth ride. So I'm Absolutely. Really it, it, it's a weird transition, though, going from interviewing other people and listening to their stories to then now having to talk about yourself. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with you, especially when I'm exact same when I did Skylar's. So just cards on the table. You come to us from our dear friends over at us, uh, uh, Rensler media. And yeah, you work with uh, Skylar mm-hmm. and Skylar is the mentor or is he just your former business partner? So Skylar and I are former business partners. Um, you know, in a sense, he was a mentor, uh, somewhat still is because he's, you know, a serial entrepreneur yeah. and very good at running a business. I'm really good at real estate. Yeah. Um, not as, as my team would attest, maybe not as much as running a business. I'm, I'm getting better, uh, but it's totally different. And so, you know, he's got that, that business acumen and is just phenomenal at running a business. So oh, I go to him for advice and, but we're, we're super close friends and what he's doing over at Rensler is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, t- he took all the lessons that he learned from growing our real estate company to start his digital marketing company in the, the podcast studio that he has. And, yeah. uh, it's been really cool to watch him blossom and, and thrive in that position. Yeah. And I mean, you shouldn't sell yourself short. You have blossomed yourself. I've listened to your very first episode with the moving group. I, um, you know, I like to do my research. So I, I try to at least listen to the first and the latest episode to kind of catch the difference. And then I'll catch some. I was so impressed that I caught some in between episodes, too. And you and I have someone in common, Abel. From uh, Mascal Carreño. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those guys. Uh, I yeah, uh, Mascal was not a drink that I really cared for until I met them and tasted mm-hmm. their their Mescal, and uh, you know now I've I've been converted and yes. their That's their yeah here. their booze is good <laughs> and those guys are great. Yeah, Abel's fantastic, and actually he was um, kind of helping us for our wedding. He served up some Mescal to Very all nice. of our family. So yeah. it was really, really great and tasty, and that's why we're on board with them as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, I love seeing and meeting people doing really cool stuff in Phoenix, yes. and you know their story is a fantastic one, uh, and what they're trying to do in Phoenix is is really cool. And you know, I'm I'm a native, and I grew up here, and I feel that when I was younger, this didn't happen. You know, Phoenix wasn't that kind of town where, yeah. uh, I keep hearing that. Yeah. Like, people weren't passionate about living in Phoenix or being from Phoenix. And yeah. now you've got some amazing companies that are being started from young Phoenicians and yeah. who are passionate about the city that we, we live in and call home. And it's really cool. 
I love it. And, it. Gives me chills just kind of even talking about it. And I mean, again, you've been part of that growth. I feel like too is I mean, one of the best things about being here, I feel like, is the opportunity to be able to network. And I think it takes some leaders to stand out from the rest of the group. And I've heard from your conversations in previous episodes that you do that with your business, Myriad. Um, let's kind of jump into what we're here for. And I, I always ask this of everyone, can you give us a little bit of your origin story and how you started in the business? And then let's talk about how you also transition into podcasting. Yeah. So, uh, I've had my real estate license. It'll, I'm, it's going on 13 years now. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was at a, a weird place in my life. I was transitioning between careers. Didn't quite know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, so I was bartending for a little while yes. and, a friend of mine. Let me oh, ask you: Is the bar still around? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyatt Ganey Ranch. Oh, so okay. okay. It, it was a blast. I, I had a really good time uh, bartending there. Got to shout out the local spot. Yeah, there. right. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't been to the Hyatt Ganey Ranch, it's a really cool scene. Uh, they do a lot of uh, uh, live music and things in the evening, nice. and it's not just for the guests that are staying there. A lot of people who live in the area can go there. It's a good date spot. Good restaurants. Speaking where I met of date my spots, wife. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. say. Yeah. Of date spots <laughs> she was a cocktail waitress there and i was a, a bartender and that's where we met and nice. uh uh gosh 10 years later i proposed to her there wow. <laughs> so it took 10 years yeah dang and then you, i mean it's like that's so that's so fantastic that the bar's still open mm -hmm. i feel I, that's an attestment of phoenix and kind of the the lifestyle that we live here is that there are a lot of family-owned businesses that are still around and sticking around because of you know whatever it may be they're what they bring to the table, what they offer service-wise, a myriad of things, a myriad of <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, right? Pun intended. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so impressive. And, you know, to be able to highlight like we do those stories is, again, fantastic. Yeah, I love it. And so I was there for a year and a friend of mine was moving back to Phoenix from the East Coast. He had mm -hmm. moved away for a little while and he reached out to me and was like, Hey man, I know you're in between jobs trying to figure out who you are. I'm moving back to join my family's real estate team. They're growing and wanted to know if you wanted to be a part of it. Nice. And, you know, my, I had always had an interest in real estate. Uh, my grandfather was an agent for Century 21 okay. back when they wore the the gold jackets. Nice, and, taking it back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and he worked primarily in Sun City. And I remember going with him on not listing appointments, but he would check on his listings and he would, you know, do the flyers and that kind of stuff. And I would yeah. go with him and I have very fond memories of that. And so I took him up on his offer and I joined his real estate team. And then that was in 2007. And then the real estate market took a giant dump. <laughs> oh, man. And that's what, uh, you know, I think that's something that comes up in a lot of your conversations is that was a critical point and, you know, yeah. for everyone, and including yourself who had to grind it out. And like you bring up in a lot of your conversations, you really put the your face to the to the to the grind there and you really made yourself known and made yourself available and. One of my favorite stories hearing is the ten thousand dollar house. Yeah, and you want to tell that story? Yeah, so you know we were to stay in business. We were helping uh, banks sell properties. Yeah, you know at the the peak of the recession, there was sixty thousand properties. I think sixty six thousand properties for sale, and majority of them were bank owned homes. Mm -hmm. And so to survive, we were selling really cheap real estate, supply and demand. So yeah. supply was super heavy and demand was low. And so prices were super cheap. And I, the cheapest property I ever sold was a $10,000 townhouse in Maryvale. Yeah. And I remember joking at the time that I could, I could put this on my Amex card, which was the <laughs> max. That was my max limit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was a joke. And I look back on it, you know, I was in my late twenties, I guess, mid mid to late twenties mm -hmm. when that happened. And I look back on it now being in my mid to late thirties and I'm like, you idiot, you should have put it on your Amex card because <laughs> that would be paid off by now. And you'd probably be cash flowing a, you know, a property that's worth, God, like, like, I mean, it's gotta be worth a hundred percent more than what it was back then. Oh and yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't glamorous, mm -hmm. you know, and it took a lot of volume. We were selling, I was selling by myself 150 properties a year for three or four years straight just to, you know, make a buck. Yeah. You know, you're getting paid $500, $1,000 per transaction. And 
What do you think that did to you and your development into where you're at now? Well, it really exposed me to a lot of different neighborhoods in Phoenix. You know, I lived a very sheltered middle upper class Mm -hmm. white kid life in Tempe (laughs) and had no idea that some of these areas existed in Phoenix. And so it really exposed me to a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me able to take a property pretty much anywhere in in the greater Phoenix area and be able to become a neighborhood expert in about 10 minutes. Nice. uh, Because now I can, you know, I can value pretty much any property uh, relatively quickly. And, we'll, we'll talk after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it also made me care. Uh, I don't want to say it made me care about people, but it, it my heart went out to these individuals mm-hmm. that were in some of these terrible situations. Yeah. And seeing that they got taken advantage of, in some cases, were still being taken advantage of. Um, you know, a lot of people in some of these houses were renters mm-hmm. who had no idea that the property had gone to foreclosure. Yeah. And the landlords were still taking rent, but not paying the bank. How does that make you feel? It made me feel sick. Yeah. You know, and showing up to some of these homes and there'd be abandoned pets. And so you'd have, I'd go to the Animal show. You know, well, I I would call animal control. I'd go to a uh, like a PetSmart and I'd get some food and water and put it out and then call them to let them know that there was abandoned pets there. Yeah. And it, it was just it was a really sad time, and it it made me want to help people avoid that mm-hmm. and not be a salesman in real estate and be more of a consultant and present people with all the information to educate them so that they could make the best decision for them and their family. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I'm working with my team, when we're working with our clients, you know, one of the things we tell people is we're not salesmen. I'm not here to sell you on any particular house. Mm -hmm. I'm here to educate you, provide you the facts and then guide you to make sure that you're not making a poor investment yeah. or getting yourself into a bad situation. I, I think that's the best. I like to use this word now that I know it. it's a fiduciary almost. It's Absolutely. Like, it's basically a fiduciary and it's like. And that's what realtors are supposed to be. They're supposed to have a fiduciary responsibility to their clients. You know, in, in our industry, it's commission only. Mm-hmm. And if you are living, you know, check to check or house to house, Mm -hmm. you can start to put other people's or your needs ahead of other people's because you think more about, I need the closing of this house in order to feed my family. Mm -hmm. And when you start to think that way, it, I I think that you can lose that fiduciary responsibility. Yeah. So I want to get into kind of the, the business of Myriad Mm -hmm. and your, you have a team of six, I believe. Including myself. Yeah. Yes. Um, Kind of, would you like to kind of shout them out and kind of give, you know, I guess how you approach hiring and how you have started to make this team your own? Yeah. So for, for your audience and for those who don't know, most real estate teams, the way they're set up is you've got your team lead, Mm -hmm. which is myself. And then you've got a couple of admin roles that those people are typically on salary and help with paperwork and that kind of thing. And then you have independent agents operating underneath that team lead and the team lead feeds them leads clients. Mm. And then their job is to close that business and then they pay a split. So then the team lead will get, you know, a common split is 50, 50. And what ends up happening in that environment is you have a lot of independent contracted agents working for you Mm. who are basically running their own business within yours and you lose a lot of control. You lose a lot of the sense of culture Mm. that uh, most companies have. And it's kind of that mentality of, you know, you're in it for yourself. Yeah. You know, and the agents that are involved in those teams, when they go on vacation, they still have to work because their clients still need service. And it's, uh, it's hard. Because you're trying to be all things to all people. And that's how I started my team too, because I didn't know of a better way. Mm -hmm. That's what I had always been taught. That was the team that I was on. And, you know, once Skylar and I split, I I sat down and my real mentor in life is actually his wife, uh, (laughs) Lizzie, (laughs) Lizzie Hofer. And uh, that's how I met Skylar. She and I 
were roommates in college. Oh, and, awesome. yeah, and uh, so great. Yeah, she's one of my best friends, and uh, so she and I sat down and you know talked it uh, talked about it and thought that there there had to be a better way to yeah. run a real estate team. And you know, she sat down and really got me thinking about it. This is yours now. Yeah. What do you want it to look like? And so we started to pencil it out. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I run my team is that we're, we're all in it together mm-hmm. for the benefit of our client. And we're not operating independently from one another. And everybody's paid a salary instead of commissions. And there's no splits. And we don't think of people as leads. We mm-hmm. think of them as people. Yeah. And, you know, we work for them. And as the company grows and if the company does well, then we do profit sharing and pay bonuses based on individual metrics. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not revolutionary in the sense of business because what it is is essentially running a business in the real estate industry. Yeah. So in that sense, it is somewhat revolutionary, but it's just running a normal business. business yeah. yeah. And okay. each person has their individual <laughs> responsibilities and job roles and they are all fantastic at it. Shout them out. I want to hear names. We got one sitting right here. <laughs> we got one right uh, uh, My marketing manager, podcast producer. Uh, she keeps me on the straight and arrow. Uh, I think I drive her crazy all the time. Her name's Abigail. And Abig- she is... Abigail's like, well, we watch what you say. Don't do <laughs> you know, we brought her on initially to be our office manager. Oh, wow. And to help us run the day-to-day in the office. And we found out she had a real knack for marketing because she had done a little bit Nice. Uh, for some other companies. And one of my one of my favorite stories is the first time she did our e-newsletter and she sent it to me for approval. And I was like, I, I don't need to, I don't need to approve this. Like just send it, send it, <laughs> just do it. I trust you. And, and it, it, she took a step back because her previous career, she had to send everything and get it approved, approved yeah. every single time. Oh, and, don't I know it? <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't want that. Like, I trust you. I hired you to do a job. You're good at it. You're smart enough. Put it together, figure it out and send it out. Nice. And she's blossomed and turned into this amazing marketing person. And, you know, my dream for her is to become our, our creative director. And so, um, she's been phenomenal. Uh, I've got uh, my CFO and transaction coordinator, uh, Morgan Maxwell is also amazing. She has a, a master's degree in biology, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So she's crazy smart, way smarter than I am. Uh, so she's in charge of the numbers and she's in charge of our Kinda budget. Want that person yep, to be a absolutely. little bit in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And I come up with ideas and she's like, okay, I, I, I see what you're wanting to do, but did you know it's going to take this, this, and this to get it done? And I'll be like, oh, Maybe we'll put a pin in that and save that for later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So the the two of them, uh, I I could not do my job effectively and provide the high level of service to our clients if awesome. it wasn't for for them. I lean on them a lot, and you know I, I often tell my wife that if I had to start over, that I would would want those two in my corner. Awesome. Yeah. I like um, that. Yeah. That's really cool. Then we have uh, uh, Madeline Wilson, and she's been on our team for two years, and she is our lead buyer specialist. Yeah. So she's out in the field helping our buyers, and she takes, you know, I personally trained her, um, and she takes the utmost care with our clients. And she tries so hard and does just an amazing job. The feedback that I get from our clients, because mm-hmm. I do what I call honor calls, and I call to check in yeah. to see how things are going. And I check in with our, our clients who are, are are super active. I check in with them weekly. Yeah. And nothing but nice things to say about her from all Wonderful. of our clients. They, they adore her. Um, and yeah, she's just fantastic. She puts the needs of our clients ahead of her own. She works tirelessly, you know, day and night, weekends, whatever we need, she's there. Um, and so I have all the trust in the world. If my parents needed to shop for a house, mm-hmm. I would say Madeline's going to help you at this point. She's better than I am and you're <laughs> yes. in the best of hands. And so I'm really just asking you all of this because I want, I want your, your, your podcast person. You're basically 
to have a whole reel of video for the Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> and we recently expanded. Uh, you know, we had some holes in our ship. And uh, so I invented a position at nice. our company. Yeah. Uh, called a client retention and referral manager. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Idea. So they're just in charge of loving on our past clients and our database. And they, he looks at my social media. He looks at, you know, checks in with all of our past clients to mm-hmm. see how they're doing, sends them birthday gifts, sends them gifts when something momentous happens in their life. So when our, our past clients and da- people in our database have kids, we send them a present for, uh, for having a child, uh, engagement gifts. So he's in, he's got a budget and he can max. I want him to max that out every month. And nice. I, I want him to be loving on our clients so much that he's like, I need a bigger budget. <laughs> and there's so, I mean, it's, a, it's again, beautiful to look at your entire concept and to say that this is not out of the ordinary. It's just basic fundamentals and you've it's caring about people whether they're the people on my team or the people we're helping or have helped it's Mm -hmm. about caring about them and being genuine about it we're i don't do all these things just to get their business i do it because i genuinely i'm super happy for them when something (laughs) amazing happens in their life and i want to you know express that to them and so these guys help me do that Um, if I was trying to do this all by myself, I wouldn't be effective at it. So, you know, bringing on people to specialize in each of these different segments of my business have made me a more, it's made us a more effective business and Mm. has given us the ability to help more people more effectively. And And now, and now I, I, I stop you there because it's such a beautiful way to pivot into the podcast side and how you're helping Basically, I would assume that you started out helping your um, third-party servers. Like the, the your very first episode is an example of that. Um, a moving company mm-hmm. that I assume that you've used before and have you know kind of built a relationship with and everything that goes along with it. Can you give us an example, or can you give us how you guys started to pivot and why? Yeah, so I mean that was really um, from Skyler. Uh, it was his idea to have us start a podcast excuse me. It was his idea to start a podcast. And that, that you're right. The, the people that we brought on were vendors that we work with and people who we align with, um, and do business similar to what we do and, and who care about their clients Mm -hmm. and are, I always say that, you know, we like to talk to people who are doing cool things in Phoenix, cool people doing cool things in Phoenix. Nice. And so, you know, we just started tapping our immediate network to try and get their voices heard to our clients um, and familiarize and put faces with names mm-hmm. and, and get their name out kind of into the ether. Now, I'm curious as to why choose yourself to be the host, because you have a team, like you say, and I would say... Put one of them on it. <laughs> have them like have them force themselves to 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 develop that skill. Why yourself? Uh, because I think I really enjoy meeting people, okay. and yeah. you know, by me meeting them and learning their story, I think that it gives me a greater understanding of what it is that they do. Mm-hmm. And when I have a past client or a friend call me and asks me if I know somebody who's in a particular industry. Mm. I'm like, Oh yeah, I I've got a guy and I've had him on the podcast before. Nice. And so I think it makes me more well-rounded and more educated, uh, gives me a greater understanding of what's happening in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would absolutely trust them to host a podcast episode in, in my absence if I was ever on vacation or, or anything. But uh, it's something that I've grown to love. I mean, do you let other people host your podcast? Um, yeah, we do have a section of our podcast called Britney's Big Question that we will be joining, ah. in, joining in soon enough. Um, but, you know, I myself am I'm totally on board. We've actually discussed it internally, like I have other ideas. I have other chances to, like, do some stuff. And that would mean me walk. Well, not walking away, but at least slowing down my time doing the hosting part. And I've met like so many individuals who have great personalities, who are fantastic at hosting, and I think would be a perfect fit because the idea of this podcast was to always um, bring light to stories 
And it doesn't matter to me who the storyteller is or who the actual person listening is. So to me, that this can kind of be its own thing without me in the hosting chair. I always liked it because I felt like I had a connection to it. As people who want to feed off stories and learn about individuals, and I also grew up around it. My grandfather was an elder, and I always listened to his stories, and you know, his friends would come over and tell their stories. So, you know, for that part and that aspect of growing up, I've always had a kinship to, and I want to keep that in my life. Sure. You know, so uh, growing up and being in college, you kind of, you know, take, you, you educate yourself. And I was screen printing, and that's how this came to be is meeting business owners and, you know, wanting them to have a, a, a chance to tell their story was kind of the injection point for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Looking for a meaningful baby shower gift? Or perhaps a new bedtime story that shares a message of love with your kids? For listeners who are moms or moms-to-be, or if you have a mom, mother figure, or mom friends, we've got the perfect gift for you to gift your kids or the moms in your life. It's a hardcover illustrated book, The Color of Mother, is written by Arizona author Chelsea Young as a tribute to moms to acknowledge them for who they are while showing kids they are loved. The Color of Mother is a story for children up to age 10 that encourages creativity. It helps them express their feelings and it teaches a lesson of gratitude and is a token of appreciation for moms of any age or any stage of motherhood. Order your signed copy for $24.99 at coloreverything.love. That's dot L-O-V-E. The price includes a custom message, shipping, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Phoenix Domestic Violence Shelter Sojourner Center. Find a list of places to purchase The Color of Mother, including nine Phoenix area stores, and order your copy at coloreverything.love. Wanted to do it. And so, yeah, I would totally be on board having someone else host this. Um, Brittany's hosted her own podcast before. And uh, so, yeah, I'm totally on board to have that make that happen. And I would love if you would do one of mine. That would be cool. Yeah, you name the time and place and all. Absolutely. I'm down to do it. Okay, awesome. And then um, I've always wanted, I love your story and kind of who you are as an individual too, because I did my own research too. And you are a member, a board member for a nonprofit company, CASA. Yes. CASA Academy. CASA Academy, yeah. Can you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, so CASA Academy is a nonprofit charter school. And I know charter schools can sometimes get a bad rap, but uh, this one's nonprofit, Mm -hmm. and it's open to anybody that wants to go and completely free. And what they really focus on is uh, young kids right now, kindergarten through third grade. Okay. They expanded their charter, but they're, they want to grow very slow. Slow. Okay. And so right now they focus on kindergartners through third graders who are severely behind in their education mm-hmm. due to the circumstances that they were born into. So many of these kids, if not all of them, are living below the poverty line. Uh, most of them are, are minority kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are refugees. Okay. English isn't necessarily their primary language. And they're in, a, they're in a bad spot just because of where they were born. And so this school really focuses on smaller classroom sizes. They have paraprofessionals that work one-on-one with the students. And they focus on getting the kids caught up in their education uh, nice. with math and reading. And, you know, if they, if these kids don't get caught up at this age, this, the likelihood of them getting caught up ever, ever yeah. is little to none. Yeah. And so they really focus on helping them with their education, helping them with their reading and math skills, mm-hmm. um, and growing them as people. Um, uh, oftentimes the only meal that the kids get to eat is the meal that the school serves for lunch. And you know, what they, they really need are funds Mm -hmm. in Arizona. Unfortunately, education isn't at the top of the priority list and the, the state only gives, uh, enough money for a kindergartner to go to school for half a day Mm -hmm. and half a day is just not long enough for a a child who's severely severely behind. behind. They need the full day. So the school's responsible for making up that difference. And so they need people to donate money for, Mm -hmm. for that. Um, you know, they don't 
take funds to pay for marketing and to pay for bloated salaries or any of those types of things that some of your other nonprofits might might do. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just goes back to the kids. Yeah. And so I've been involved with them for six years. Uh, we started a referral program within my company this last year where anybody that w- referred us business, we donated 5% of the commission that we got directly to the school. Nice. And so this year, uh, 2019, uh, we were excited and thrilled to be able to donate, uh, I believe, over $12,000 to them for 2019 through our referral program. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And that's just something that you internally did. I mean, you chose, I mean, I guess that would have to be an internal conversation too with your employees. But again, it's like you have brought this full circle where you're not only helping your employees and caring about your um, customers, but you're also adding another add-on to the nonprofit side and and caring about, you know, another aspect. (laughs) Well, I love, like I said, I love Phoenix and I grew up here Yeah, and I had an amazing education and a really amazing support system at home. And I believe fully in giving back to the community that gave so much to me when I was growing up. Yeah. And so being able to do that, you know, and I didn't know zero about education and I know even less about kids. (laughs) And, you know, when I was asked to be a part of this organization, I told them that and they're like, that's cool. That's what we're here for. We're running the school. We're handling the kids. What we need is your expertise as a business leader as a leader in the community and your connections. And so one of the things that I bring to the table is my depth of my network. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to connect them with people who've designed their websites uh, for free and help them with their uh, marketing campaigns on social media. Um, I connected them with a, a leadership coach that donates her time. And, you know, that equates to I think over $10,000 per year in coaching mm-hmm. uh, to help them develop. And so being able to connect them to my network um, has been really rewarding. So, you know, not only do we have the monetary side of things, but we also have the the people that we introduce them to. Yeah. I love that because, I mean, that's essentially kind of how I feel about this podcast. I would, I always say it's an open door policy and I want the the best and the brightest. I just feel too, it's like, my internal person who I am, I always want them to work with one another. So I try my best to, whether that's through Facebook groups or through just internal conversations and having meetings with one another and introducing people to one another. I think that's the best way to kind of keep this rolling is, you know, really helping one another. We're people helping people. Absolutely. And I think that's so important, especially in the polarizing times that we find ourselves in, Absolutely. you know, um, I, one of the recent podcasts I did, uh, it was bold predictions for, for 2020. And one of the things that I, I was predicting was that, uh, that I hope that as a community, as a people that we can be less divisive and come together and not be so, you know, right and left, Mm -hmm. like just so opposites and realize that we're, we're all in this together. We all want a better life for ourselves and our family and having conflicting viewpoints is what makes America great because we can sit down and we can talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, over a beer or whatever. And we may disagree, but it's those disagreements and those 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 respectful arguments that help push us forward. Absolutely. And so, yeah. I think, I mean, you'll start to see it a little bit more and more, I think, with the younger generation. I, I have total confidence in... I don't know what it is, the goodness in people or it's something deeper, but it's definitely, I have a very strong belief that the younger generation will take what we learn and make it better and take what we've brought to the table and make it better in all facets. So I hope so. I hope yeah. you're right. And yeah. I, I feel that way too. I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. Um, I trust you and basically until you give me a reason not to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of the philosophy I have in my office as well is that I trust you completely until you give me a reason not to. And so far, you know, knock on wood, nobody's, there you go. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> giving me a reason not to trust them. So, <laughs> so now that we are into our, um, big brick, big question, I'm sorry, big, Brit's big question. I'm going to get this. There's so many alliterations, yeah. but uh, Brittany, go ahead. This is your, your time to shine. Awesome. Um, 
to Tim Ferriss podcast at all? I do. Not as often as I, I did, but I, I do listen to Tim Ferriss and I like him a lot. Awesome. He's one of my favorite podcasters. I know Joe likes Joe Rogan, but I'm like the Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I, I like Joe Rogan too. Um, but one of his questions that I'll he listen to it, Tim Ferriss. End, um, I, I like to steal for just, I think I've used this maybe one or two guests in the past. So definitely like not a, a question I ask everyone, but I feel like your answer is going to be phenomenal. Oh, pressure's on. So, <laughs> um, but he says, he asks his guests, you know, if you have a, a chance to have a billboard anywhere, you know, oh. you could say anything and, you know, you're not selling something. Mm-hmm. You just want to get a message across. What would you put on that billboard? Do the right thing. Um, I'm, I often quoted in my office that if you do the right on a long enough timeline, if you do the right thing, you're going to win. And so that's kind of my philosophy. Uh, I'm a big fan of Zig Ziglar and he said uh, one of his quotes and I always butcher it cause it's hard to say, but, uh, if you help enough people reach their goals or get what they want in life, that you will get what you want in life. And so I firmly believe that if I can help enough people around me achieve what they want, whether it's through real estate, whether it's through working in my office, you know, whether it's through the volunteer work or whatever, uh, our podcast, if I can just help people around me succeed, Mm -hmm. that I in turn will be successful, whether that's monetarily, whether that's, you know, emotionally, um, you know, so I, I think that if you're, constantly trying to do the right thing that you in turn will will win as well I love that. awesome mm-hmm. i just let's, put it up. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make this happen yeah um there's so many like i want to ask you a lot about what you hope to i guess express this year or what to do any goals that you have for the future especially with podcasting too i mean you're up and running and i'm very excited for you and there's a lot of um people out there that i hope that we can connect to one another i mean yeah, absolutely we, there's already an overlap with me yeah <laughs> with abel um but yes yeah, so you should you should get presley of of hey presley okay, on yeah. your podcast she's fantastic she i she had like, some of the best questions. I mean, and yeah. Yeah, she seemed like she knew you really well, or at least seemed like she... Well, she she's also my nutritionist, and she's a coach <laughs> at the CrossFit gym that I go to. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you, yeah. too. I've heard that you're a fitness nut, and you're like all about nutrition. We did recently did an episode with um, uh, Nathan of uh, New Intention, Okay, uh, and he's he's got this you know, his nutrition style. And like, I'm always meeting people with different backgrounds. I would love to kind of how you got into CrossFit and things like that. So I was anti-CrossFit for a really long time. (laughs) You know, they, I I think they shot themselves in the foot when they first came out because they had cartoons of clowns like throwing up and hurting themselves. And I was like, you know, I don't want to, those guys are freaks. It's kind of a cult. And when I turned 30, my cousins knew that I was into fitness. And yeah. so uh, my cousin's wife was co-workers with someone whose husband was starting a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And so they got me a 30-day free membership to nice. this CrossFit gym. But it was on Cactus and Tatum. And I lived in Tempe at the time. <laughs> and they had very weird hours because he had another job. Yeah, I was like, I'm never going to this place. And so I threw the, the membership thing in a drawer. Yeah. And... Fast forward, I think five years, I move into a house with my wife and we literally moved right down the street from that CrossFit gym. Get out of here. And I found the thing when we were moving. And so I emailed the guy and I was just, I was like, oh, I guess I'll give it a shot. And he laughed, thought it was hilarious that I still had it and welcomed me in, gave me the free month and I immediately joined and I've gone almost every day since then. And it's (laughs) the most fun I've ever had working out. And I don't think I could ever go back to the old days of putting in headphones and going to the big box gym and working out by myself. The, the community, the social aspect behind it, the camaraderie, it's just amazing. Uh, there's a ton of parents and families that go to the gym and the way that they all parent their kids and look after one another. It's just, it's really cool. So it's more than just working out. It's, it's a true community. And I'll tell you, the best referral source, I'm part of professional networking groups and all kinds of stuff. And the best referral source for business that I have found is this CrossFit gym. Yeah, literally. You know? like, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's a diverse group of all sorts. And then they each come with their own packet of 
what they enjoy and who they, yeah. you, know, you know, who they use most. And, and when I tell people about cross, they roll their eyes or they think they need to get in shape before they go. Oh, and no. they don't. <laughs> and, don't. you know, there's, there's people who are obese and mm-hmm. overweight to crazy fit people. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. And I tell people like no one's paying attention to what the crazy fit person is doing or the person that's out of shape. Everybody's in because it's all self paced and everybody's in their own kind of personal hell for the moment. And they're not focused on what you're doing, what the coach is because they want to coach your form and make sure that you're doing it right and not injuring yourself. Um, But everyone, everybody else is just they're doing their thing and they're not paying attention to you. And so it's it's a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the right place where coaches pay attention and have a level of education, you're not going to get injured. Mm -hmm. Um, and your fitness level doesn't matter because they have all different levels of scaling and everything. So I hope we didn't ruin your CrossFit day today. I hope you went early. (laughs) No, I go in the morning. If I don't go in the morning, I'm not going to make it at all. So I went this morning at, uh, six 30. Okay. Good. Yeah. Wow. You want to shout them out? Uh, it's CrossFit Magna okay. uh, on Cactus and Tatum uh, over by that Target and by Paradise Valley Mall. Yeah. We actually have a friend who's a level one coach, and he, okay. he invites me over to the uh, Memorial Day workout, which is the one-mile run. That's Murph. It? Murph, yes, yeah, yeah. the Murph workout. And I like that one just because of the running aspect. I, yeah, you I, like running, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. a big runner. I hate running. <laughs> my, I know. It's everyone's most hate, but I, you know, in my culture – running is a big aspect of all things that we do. And then on top of that, I would ran cross cross country and, okay. and track and high school. And stuff. I can run pretty <laughs> fast when I need to. And I can, I mean, someone's chasing you. Everyone runs fast. Uh, my, my one minute mile is uh PR is six minutes. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. So, but, uh, I get bored. Oh yeah. With definitely. running for a long distance. So oh, yeah. if it's short, I'm fine. But if it's a lot, if I don't want to do marathons, no oh. thanks. I haven't reached that. I've done half though. I did one half and I was like, never again. <laughs> I like the sucks. obstacle courses though. You oh know, yeah. Tough the, Mudder, the tough Spartans, mudder. I was ask those that. things. Yeah. yeah. Those are fun. Cause the obstacles, you know, break up the monotony yeah, of running. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what other, like, are you getting like your nutrition? Are you following anything? Are you doing keto? Or are you, what are you? Uh, so I modified keto. I count macros. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think macros. that, uh, you know, what I've learned is every human being is different. Mm -hmm. So what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the other person. And when you count macros, that's counting your proteins, fats, and carbs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an expert on it by any means, but it gives you the most flexibility in your diet. So if I want to have a chocolate chip cookie, I can have one, but I've got to alter what I have during the day. If I'm going to be going out for dinner, that night, I know that it's going to probably be lower protein, higher fat, mm-hmm. so I can adjust what I eat throughout the day um, to account for that. And so it's, uh, I don't know, it's relatively easy to count macros yeah. once you kind of get the hang of it. Um, and I'm kind of a creature of habit too, so I nice. eat relatively the same thing. You know, breakfast and lunch <laughs> is, is kind of copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that you brought up habit, I kind of want to ask you now your, um, you know, any routines that you kind of keep. Uh, for not only business, but in life in general, kind of keep your balance of, you know, home life and business life. So I'm big on routines. Um, I'm trying to establish routines in my business life. That's actually probably where I'm most chaotic and uh, where Abigail has been really trying to help me with time blocking and sticking to schedules and things. Um, You know, when you're running your own business, there's constant fires and just things coming at you all the time and emails and notifications and people coming in and out of your office. So it's really hard to stick to a, to a routine. So Abigail's been great trying to help me get there. But in my personal life, uh, I'm big on routines in terms of, you know, I have an alarm set on my phone. So at nine o'clock I'm done watching TV. I get up, I go get ready for bed, shower, uh, and I'm in bed by 10. My alarm goes off at five every day. I'm up at five and I've got my morning routine all set up. Uh, you know, to get a bunch of things done in the morning. And then I'm at the gym at 6.30 every day. Uh, so it's pretty consistent every single day. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's really one of the best, I think, best parts of why we do what we do, especially as podcasters. I want to learn so much about everything that I'm, you know, so enamored with how people live their lives mm-hmm. daily just because it's something fantastic to, um, you know, add on to, like, 
I know one of the things that I've added on, added on as far as training wise for my running is the cold baths. Like the, you know, in, I hate being cold. I, 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 I hate it too. <laughs> but it, you know what? It does really like for me for aches and pains and things like that and just kind of restoring my body is it's so fantastic. I, I, I've so missed out on that part and like learning that thing. It's just like something like click, like, you know, it's so much fun. So where do you get the ice for the, the, so the pool is cold enough. Oh, okay. The, the, the winter months that I can just jump in. And How just, long do you stay in? I'll right now I'm at five minutes. So wow. I've seen guys do 15 to 20 minutes. And then the, the homie who runs, like I've seen him sit in Alaskan ice, like up and they cut the hole open. He like dunks himself. He'll be in there for like half an hour and more. Wow. So, uh, you listen to Joe Rogan, he's got, he has a lot of fitness people on yeah. and one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, but they bought an old refrigerator, like ice chest. Yeah. Yeah. And he fills it up with water and then puts ice in it and keeps it closed and it pretty much maintains itself. And he they jumps in that. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of MMA guys do that where they yeah. just take that and then they plunge in and I'm like, that's great. I just have a pool. Like I honestly, it's the easiest thing. It's, uh, but I, you know, introducing those different techniques sure. to help you better. And, you know, as we get older, we also want to live a lot longer and live better lives. And, you know, that's, and stuff starts to break. Stuff starts to <laughs> fall apart. I don't, I know it, <laughs> but again, I want to say thank you for coming aboard. I mean, we're reaching the end here, so I want to kick it to you or Abigail. If Abigail would like to uh, tell everyone <laughs> what the handles are on social media and what we can expect, where any events that you have coming up, it's your time to plug away. Well, so one of the event, you know, Casa is having their annual event where the their goal is to raise money to nice. pay for kindergartners to go to school, sure. and that is on February 29th. Okay, tickets are on sale uh, at their website, and I think it's casaacademy.org. Awesome. They're looking for any donations, uh, raffle. It doesn't have to be monetary. It can be. I've had a lot of small business owners donate gift cards to their nice. place of business or free treatments or those types of things. So if somebody's looking for a good charity to give back to, um, that's on February 29th. Again, tickets, I think, are $40. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd love for people to check out my podcast. It's Danny Brown Talks Phoenix, uh, where you it's on all major podcast sites. Um, then we've got, what, Danny Brown AZ is my Instagram myriad az underscore is uh, my business instagram um and i'm pretty much all over the internet uh youtube page facebook you name it i'm there it should be pretty easy to find (laughs) yeah i I had no problem finding you yeah (laughs) i mean it's great though because it really does say a lot about the podcaster and the the podcast category um but again it's like i thank you so much for coming up yeah well thank you for having me this was a lot of fun yeah, this community over competition. That's that's what I'm learning today, and that's what I'm going to take away from this conversation. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We do make it easy for you guys to connect with us social media-wise. Everything's under Finding Arizona Podcast. I got a, I got a hold of that early. <laughs> um, uh, last but not least, we do have a bonus uh, podcast called Fine Examination. 50 questions where we fill up with fun with every guest uh, at Patreon.com slash FindingArizonaPodcast. We will be doing that with Danny next up. And so, are you ready? Are you ready? This is going to be fun. I promise you. <laughs> It's going to be a blast. Good. Um, Hopefully there's no math questions. No, no math (laughs) questions whatsoever. So uh, join us there at patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast, and we will see you on the next episode. Good night, everybody.